Chapter One of On Youth and Old Age and On Life and Death in Parva Naturalia by Aristotle, translated by William Alexander Hammond. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Geoffrey Edwards. Chapter One we must now treat of youth and old age and of life and death at the same time it may be necessary to explain the causes and conditions of respiration for in some animals life and death are conditioned by respiration we have elsewhere treated more precisely of the soul and it is clear that its ultimate nature cannot be corporeal although it has its seat evidently in some part of the body and in some part too that has a higher importance amongst the body's members for the present we must dismiss the other parts or powers of the soul whatever may be the proper term to apply to them in regard to creatures that are termed animals and have life in cases where they are endowed with both attributes i mean with animality and life it must be that the principle whereby they live and by virtue of which they are called animal should be one and the same part for it is impossible for an animal as animal not to have life on the other hand it is not necessary for a thing to be an animal because it has life for plants live and yet they have no sensation and it is in terms of sensation that we distinguish the animal from the non-animal numerically they are one and the same part although in their mode of expression they are manifold and different for it is not the same thing to be an animal and to have life since amongst our sense organs there is one which we call a kind of quote, common sense close quote, where all our actual sensations must come together this quote, common sense close quote, must occupy a position midway between what we call the anterior and posterior parts of the body by anterior is meant that which is situated towards the region of sensation and by posterior that which is situated in the opposite region furthermore since in all living organisms the body is divided into an upper and lower half for all animals as well as plants have an upper and lower part the nutritive principle should evidently occupy a position midway between them the part which contains the organ for admitting food is called the upper part and we use the term quotes, upper here in reference to the body itself and not in reference to the directions of the surrounding universe by quotes, lower we mean the part whose primary function is to void excrement in this connection we find a wide difference between plants and animals in man more than in any of the other animals owing to his erect attitude we find the upper part turned towards the upper part of the universe in the other animals the upper part is turned in a direction midway between the upper and lower parts of the universe in plants which are fixed on one spot and draw their nourishment from the earth this upper part must in every case have a downward direction for roots in plants and mouths in animals are analogous organs by means of which in the one case food is derived from the earth and in the case of animals through themselves chapter two 
all perfectly developed animals are analyzable into three parts one for the admission of food a second for the voiding of excrement and a third midway between these two the last of these is called in larger animals the chest and in the smaller some equivalent term is used in some animals however it is more clearly articulated than in others again such animals as are capable of progressive motion have in addition to the parts mentioned other organs adapted to the service of movement and to carrying the entire trunk as legs feet and other organs that have the same function as these the nutritive principle of the soul is situated in a region central to these three parts as is evident both from observation and reason in fact there are many animals which after one or the other part has been cut off even the head and the organ for seizing food continue to live in that part to which the middle is conjoined this fact may be plainly observed in the case of insects such as wasps and bees also many animals besides insects when cut in two can continue to live by the functioning of the nutritive principle this nutritive part is actually unitary but potentially multiple and the natural construction of these animals is the same as that of plants for plants after they are divided continue to live in segments and from a single origin one can by section produce several trees why it is that some plants cannot continue life after section while others can be propagated must be explained elsewhere in this respect however plants and insects as a class are alike it is necessary that the nutritive principle in those living things that possess it should be actually one though potentially multiple and the same holds good of the principle of sensation for the segments evidently have sensation in reference to the maintenance of their natural life plants when divided are able to survive animals are not for they lack organs for their preservation wanting in some instances organs for the seizure of food and in others for receiving it into the body and in other instances wanting other organs in addition to both of these such divisible animals resemble a complex of several creatures grown together in the most perfectly organized bodies however this phenomenon is not found because their natures have been fashioned into the greatest possible unity there are always however certain dissected members which exhibit slight sensation because they are still under the influence of a certain physical affection for after the entrails have been removed bodily movements are still continued as one observes in tortoises after the removal of the heart chapter three we have further proof of the central situation of the nutritive principle in the case of both plants and animals in the case of plants we observe their generation from seeds and we also note the phenomena of grafts and slips generation from seeds takes place in every instance from the centre all seeds are bivalvular and the point at which their two halves are joined is the point from which generation begins and the middle in reference to the two parts it is from this point that stem and root shoot forth in growing plants and the point of origin is also the central point this phenomenon may be observed in the case of the buds of grafts and slips 
for the bud is in a sense the life principle of the branch and at the same time its centre it is the bud therefore which one removes or into which one inserts a graft in order to produce branch or root from it on the theory that the origin of life in branch or root is the centre in sanguineous animals the first organ in development is the heart this is plainly seen in those animals whose process of generation admits of observation in bloodless animals the organ that is analogous to the heart must be the first developed we have already said in our earlier treatise on the parts of animals that the heart is the organ from which the veins proceed and that the blood in sanguineous animals is the ultimate source of nourishment out of which the members are generated although regarding nourishment it is plainly the office of the mouth to perform one certain task and the office of the stomach to perform another task yet the heart is the master organ and sets the end for all the others consequently in sanguineous animals it is in the heart that we must look for the origin of nutrition and sensation for regarding the preparation of food the functions of the other organs are subordinate to the function of the heart it must be true that the master organ is that which works persistently towards the end and does not stop with that which is subordinate to the end just as a physician persistently works towards health at any rate the dominating organ of sensation in all sanguineous animals is found in the heart for the quote, common sense close quote, which serves all the special senses must be situated there there are two senses taste and touch whose channels lead manifestly to the heart and what is true of these must be true of the other senses movement in the other sense organs may be transmitted to the heart but with the upper parts of the body these two senses touch and taste do not communicate at all apart from these considerations if the life principle in all animals is situated in the heart the sensory principle must evidently be found there also for that by virtue of which we call a thing an animal is the same as that by virtue of which we say that it lives and the differential mark of sensation is the same as the differential mark of a living body the reason why certain senses are as we see connected with the heart and others with the head in consequence of which some philosophers regard the brain as the organ of animal sensation has been given in a separate treatise chapter four from what we have said based on observed facts it is clear that the principle of sensation as well as that of growth and nutrition is situated in this organ the heart and in the middle of the three divisions of the body on the basis of deduction we should say the same thing because we see that nature out of existing possibilities does in every instance the best now if each principle is situated in the central section the parts viz that which finally elaborates the food and that which receives it would thus perform in the best possible way their several functions for to each of the parts the central organ will then be so related as is best and the mid position in a case such as this is the position that naturally belongs to a ruling principle 
again one must make a distinction between the user and the instrument used and as they differ in function so too if possible they should differ in position as a flute and the hand that plays it are different in function and situation if then to be an animal means to have the power of sensation this power in the case of sanguineous animals must be found in the heart and in bloodless animals in a corresponding organ every member and the entire animal body possess to a certain degree congenital heat consequently we see that during life animals are warm but when dead and deprived of life they are cold the source of this heat in sanguineous animals must be sought in the heart and in bloodless animals in the analogous organ for all the organs especially the dominating one prepare and digest their food by means of natural heat consequently all the other parts of the body may become cold and yet life may continue but when the master organ becomes cold life is destroyed entirely because this is the source of heat for distribution to all other organs and the soul is as it were suffused with fire in this organ which in sanguineous animals is the heart and in bloodless animals an organ analogous to the heart life then must go hand in hand with the continuance of this heat and what we call death is its discontinuance chapter five there are two ways in which as we see fire may be extinguished viz it may either go out or be put out in the former case we say the extinction is caused from within in the other case it is caused by opposing forces an example of the former is old age of the latter external violence extinction in both cases however is due to the same ultimate cause viz the failure of fuel for when fuel fails and the heart can no longer receive sustenance extinction of the fire ensues cold by retarding digestion arrests nourishment and there are times when it extinguishes itself as e g when the heat is massed in too great quantity owing to lack of respiration or lack of cooling and when the heat accumulates in such mass it soon causes an exhaustion of fuel and this process of exhaustion takes place before evaporation has time to develop not only then is a smaller fire extinguished by a larger one but also the flame of a lamp is consumed within itself when immersed in a large flame just as any other combustible would be consumed the reason for this is that the larger flame uses the fuel contained in the smaller before other fuel can take its place and the fire continues in constant process of development and in constant flow like a river but we do not observe this on account of its rapidity it is clear then that if the heat is to continue and this is necessary if life is to continue there must be some means of reducing the heat in the chief organ an illustration of this may be had in what takes place in quenched coals for if coals are kept closely covered in a common oven the fire is quickly extinguished whereas if one in rapid alteration removes a lid and sets it on again the coals continue lighted a long time covering a fire with ashes also keeps it for owing to the porosity of the ashes ventilation is not prevented 
and the ashes by admitting the surrounding air protect the fire against extinction through excess of heat arising in it however the explanation of the fact that opposite effects are produced by covering a fire with ashes and with an oven lid for the latter extinguishes it and the former keeps it a long time has been given in our treatise on problems chapter six since every living thing has a soul and the soul as we have said cannot subsist without natural heat we find that in plants adequate provision has been made for the preservation of natural heat through nutriment and the surrounding air for food produces refrigeration in organisms when it is first introduced just as on its entrance it does in man whereas fasting creates heat and produces thirst for air when it is stagnant always becomes heated but when set in motion through the admission of food it is cooled until the food has undergone digestion on the other hand if the surrounding air is excessively cold owing to the season and the occurrence of heavy frosts plants are dried up or if intense heat occurs in summer and the moisture derived from the soil is inadequate for refrigeration the natural heat is extinguished and destroyed in such seasons one says that trees are frosted or suffer blight and that is the reason why people pile certain kinds of stones about the roots or cover them with vessels of water in order to keep the roots of the plants cool in the case of animals since some of them are aquatic and others live in a medium of air the refrigeration is derived from and through the media in which they live i e in the one case water and in the other air we must now begin a special inquiry touching the nature and manner of this process end of chapter six and end of on youth and old age life and death recording in memory of mitchell edwards